0: So let's get into our 10 o'clock conversation. And again, I would really love you uh, to be part of this conversation. I'll take your calls on 011-714-2006. On the WhatsApp line, it's 0614-104-107. We're looking at the issue of trust in government. Um, why is this an important an important thing to actually look at? And when we talk about trust in government and state institutions, what are we really referencing? Uh, Dr. Michael Sutliff is the former city manager of the Etteguine Municipality and former chairperson of the Municipal Demarcation Board and currently director of City Insight. Dr. Sutliff, good morning to you and thank you so much for your time.
1: Good morning, Cathy. Uh, Great to be here.
0: I imagine. Well. I, I'm well, thank you. As somebody who chaired the demarcation board, I, I imagine that during times of elections, uh, this time around, we haven't had any contentious demarcations, but you probably have previously had to sit with a lot of headaches on your table. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Too many, from Aranya to traditional leaders. Yeah. To, uh, someone once called me the Mike's Demolition Board, not the municipal the Demolition Demor- demarcation <laughs> board. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: no. no, no, no. Very, very interesting. So, so, Dr. Sutcliffe, I, I want us to look at this issue of trust. And, yeah. it, you know, I, I've got this policy brief that was commissioned by the Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation Department. Uh, and mm. it was really government's own work trying to assess yeah. what is the level of trust that people have in the work that government is doing, but also in state institutions. When we yeah. talk about trust, what are we really referencing and why is it important um, for government?
1: Well, certainly it's very important for government because anyone in, uh, who is honest in a lead- leadership position, I say that because some people are just uh, uh, politicians for life. They they just see that as a job. But I think that most politicians, and certainly in our country, and I would hope uh across the world, are people who go into those positions in order to serve the public. If you want to serve the public, you want to gain their trust. Now, in our country, the difficulty of gaining that trust, the importance of trust is that you've got to make sure that when you're engaging with people, you're engaging as equals. Uh, The difficulty in in our country is that we've got, uh, as our national development plan says, we've got huge rates of inequality. Uh, it's still a racial inequality. So a person living in Malazi, which you would know well, or a person living in Forwene versus a person living in Durban North, for example, the inequality is just so massive uh, that that you can't compare. Now, how does a public official, how does government deal with both of those constituencies? Because you have a level of expectations of people who live in the Durban North um, who still think, that their delivery should be like under apartheid where uh, pretty much 90% of uh, state funds went uh, to the former white areas uh, versus a person living in Faweni who still gets intermittent water supply because the apartheid government removed them from elsewhere, uh, dumped them uh, way beyond Umlazi. Uh, in areas where the bulk provision of water uh, can't occur uh, very easily, so the issue of trust is very important because you can't only deal with the average. If we were in a quote-unquote normal society, usually most people have relatively similar levels of education. They have relatively level, similar levels of experience of development to what it. In our country. Uh, you've got to deal with these massive inequalities. As former President Tabar Mbeki uh, said, and people didn't like it when he said yeah. it, but he said we, we have two worlds and we know that it will take generations for us to make sure that we are truly one country at that level. So so uh, government, and I would hope any government, doesn't matter whether it's, it's ANC or anything else, mm. has to be evaluating what that trust is, how do different communities interpret that trust um, and, and deal with it. So so for me, it's a, a very important indicator uh, of where you are. It's not so much the overall levels. I'm not really interested in what percentage said they trust the government. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in what people said about that issue of trust. Because for me, um, if I'm a person who has almost nothing, uh, I want to trust the person who says me, who says, they are going to bring water to me. And if they're not telling me the truth, mm. uh, I lose that trust very quickly. Whereas if I'm more educated, I'll understand to deliver water where there is none would actually take about 10 to 15 years because you've got to deal with bulks, you've got to deal with all sorts of complicated things, which I won't get into that discussion now.
0: There are different things that that come out, particularly when we look at some of the outcomes of this research, especially in, in a South African context. So yeah. we look at the trust in state institutions, and here we're talking yeah. about government, parliament, mm. the legal system, your SARS, the Constitutional Court, the Hawks, the NPA. Those all remain below 50%. And mm. one thinks about just what people have to say, even just on, on a platform like this, uh, uh, this, this show, where people will call in about how they feel let down by the justice yeah. system, how they feel let down by the legal system when they have to go to the courts and their matters are being heard. And all mm. of that means that ultimately people don't believe that when they interact with these services, they are getting what they should out of them.
1: Now, I think it's a very good point. And, and, um, I would think the fact that it's under 50, 50% doesn't surprise me at all. Mm. Uh, and it's not to say that that's bad. I think I don't think you should look at it as a moral issue. You should look at it as an issue of giving you a reflection of what those expectations are of people in your society and the degree to which you're meeting them or the degree to which you're communicating with them. Um, mm. I think that uh, a number of, of media uh, observers noted that at least when the president was uh, going to Soweto, for example, and that Soweto electricity issue is hugely complicated. Everyone, you know, uh, just says it's a simple issue to to resolve. But at least he was out there communicating uh, the process that needed to be followed. Uh, He put it in simple terms and he said, you know, the mayor of of Johannesburg uh, is walking around with a book here, writing down the particular issues, and it's up to that mayor to respond to it. Now, we don't often do that. We don't find a way that uh, we, no matter who we are in society, are communicating that. I just want us to take a little bit of a step back and just sure. say, let's look at the courts. There is no country in the world that has a constitution like ours that guarantees the human rights that we have. It's not just political rights that you'd get in most so-called Western countries. It's economic rights. It's social rights. It's environmental rights. Now, that alone means that we have something called free basic services. You can't get free water in New York City, uh, the richest country on Earth. You can't get uh, indigent people getting access to free electricity in those countries. You don't have a program of uh, the provision of free housing. Uh, And yes, you've got all sorts of complications in the time Government is faced with the more you deliver, the more you're raising expectations and the more you need to deal with it. But that's how you start firstly communicating and then secondly making sure that uh, you are dealing with things properly, efficiently, effectively, not corruptly, etc. And you could look at our courts. You could look at government itself, the delivery of free basic services, for example. Just that simple issue. You show me a country in the world that is delivered on the scale that has delivered in South Africa. And that's been all political parties. I don't think of one political party in South Africa who voted against the idea of free basic services. Um, And and that's out there. So part of our difficulty at times is that we're not communicating both to say this is how we're doing it or this is the challenge that we have in delivery there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think at times that's where leaders have to be very careful in what they say, because saying we will bring water might mean it's going to take us 10 years to get there. Get there. You, you know what I mean, the kind of yeah. thing there. So so, so trust, I, I'm not worried about a figure below 50%. As long as we're saying, well, what does that 50% mean? What do we have to do to make sure we're closing that gap?
0: You're, you're bringing up a very important point, uh, Michael, because ultimately – if, if part of what influences the trust of the population in government and institutions is based on the expectation that is set, um, then it means that we have to question who is setting this expectation? Why are they setting this expectation? And why are they failing to deliver on it? And when you say that the communication sometimes perhaps is not as it should be, in a context like South Africa, we have seen deliberate instances of lack of transparency, of lack of accountability. And therefore, even when there are genuine challenges about why you know, a municipality in a rural area in the Northwest does not have access to water yet, even though those yeah. reasons are well legitimate, they're not yeah. believed because of all the other times that um, yeah. the services were delivered, but there was no good reason
1: for it. And I I would agree with you there. I think that we've got to be quite careful. And and part of our our challenge is around resources, too. And and I think increasingly national government is realizing that, um, you know, if you look across Africa, for example, in countries like Nigeria and Kenya, um, probably 20 percent of the national fiscus, or around that might be 15 to 20 percent of the national fiscus goes to local government, because local government ultimately is the development wing of all government. That's where your reticulation of water of electricity, your basic roads, etc., are provided at that level. In our country, it's it's marginally gone up from like 6% to 7%. It's now sitting probably around 8% of the national fiscus. Now, we've got to take, a, I think, a radical decision to realize that, in a sense, you can't do that. You spoke about Malutia Pufong, and I know it's well, because... Here you have a community who's part of that municipality who have never had access to that town of Harry Smith, as an example. And yet they're the people who created that Harry Smith because they were buying goods in that town, uh, traveling to that town every day. Under apartheid, they couldn't develop. There was no money uh, provided to develop their own areas. Um, and so the result is they created that town. Now democracy comes. They need development in their area. But some of those things can't happen. Some of them have been poorly uh, done. And, and yes, we must call out where there has been poor delivery of, of services. But it's the complications. And then the result is that Harry Smith itself, uh, as the town uh, or the bigger town part of it, also then suffers because you've got growth in potholes. And some people believe the only index that you should measure, measure government by is how many potholes there are, uh, rather than actually <laughs> saying, how do we, we deal with both of those issues? And And I think... That's what we have to start dealing with. What we've got to start saying to... to We know that in the political season, I, I heard some parties who are saying they're going to give every uh, person hundreds of thousands of rand. They're going to do this, that, and the other thing. I think the the, the major parties who are in government, um, I think if you, you read what they're saying, uh, and I've read all of those, those manifestos there, you'll find that as you move from those who are in government as opposed to those uh, who, let's call it, have an aspiration that maybe in 100 years might be achieved, um, you find a huge disjuncture there. And the problem in elections is the noise then becomes one of uh, everything will be delivered. So this one said I'm getting 200000 This one says I'm getting a free house. This one said I'm getting a job. This one said I'm going to be safe and secure, even though safety is not a local government issue, etc. So it just becomes this mass noise. And instead of us just starting to disaggregate it and saying, let's hold parties that do get into power now, let's hold them to what they said they would do. Let's make sure there's accountability. You as the media should say if a municipality isn't holding a public meeting every three months to report back on what they said they would do and how far along they've gone, then they're not doing what the law requires of them. You see, we we have laws in our country that say every three months, ward councillors must report to their community. We're not holding our ward councillors to that. Um, We've got to be doing those things. And and that's where I think media themselves would start also improving their own educational understanding of of how government works uh, by firstly, you know, forcing all elected representatives to be doing those things, and secondly, then... Uh, to be making sure that the way you communicate is to, let's call it, sort the noise out from the kind of the real issues that we have to deal with, which are still major and mm. will be major for years.
0: Mm. Dr. Michael Sutler, we're going to continue our conversation. Uh, he is currently the director of City Insight. And, of course, I'll be taking your calls as well on this subject. And and I want to know from you, what contributes to your loss of trust in government or even in state institutions. Are you clear about why it is you don't trust government? And if you do trust government, if you do trust state institutions, I would also like to know why. Interestingly enough, on this issue of local government, it is at a local government level where we see the lowest levels of trust in government and state institutions. The provincial and the national uh, departments fare much better in in that regard. It's 10.30, and Musa is standing by with your headlines.
1: Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM. SAFM. 105 fm in peter Maddoxburg.
0: sabc education together with the department of basic education wishes the class of 2021 matrix all the best for the final exams education is not preparation for life education is life itself by john dewey good luck with your exams sabc education enriching minds enriching lives
1: The Talking Point with Kathy Sasana weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
0: All right, so we're standing by to take you to the Results Operations Center uh, to get the latest in terms of the results and vote counting. Before we do that, though, uh, our conversation is going to be a lot shorter than I'd anticipated. Uh, Dr. Michael Sutliff, I'm going to uh, have to wrap with you very quickly uh, as as we prepare to get the latest in terms of the results. But ultimately, when we look at the kind of lessons that can be learned from what the information that that has been gathered and the research that has been conducted into trust between you know among the population in government and in state institutions, what do you think is the biggest lesson that government can take away there?
1: Well, I think that to respond to your earlier question, I'll be very quick. Sure. Is that when you disaggregate, I feel very sorry for every councillor in the country, no matter what party they belong to, and the reason I say that is that councillors are expected to do everything. They're expected to provide jobs. When we know the majority are in the, provided by the private sector, they're expected to do every single service. When you look at the actual statistics that are produced by Statistics South Africa, you actually find that the municipal services all get a good rating, things like water, electricity, sanitation, of those who have access to it, of around 60%. So there's a disjuncture there because councillors themselves... And local government is expected, or the the community at large, is, is thinks that they deliver everything. So what needs to be done is that, and that's why I do think uh, my own feeling, without sounding like I'm knocking media or anything like that, is I do think that media itself, there needs to be a program between government, communities, and the media to understand what is delivered and how you hold. Uh, people and institutions accountable. And I think that's where we're not doing that, because I could uh, give a rave about uh, one of the uh, TV stations, not yours, one of the the private sector ones, which I was just shocked at the poor analysis they're doing with these TV results. And it was so biased towards one party, uh, and it happened to be in reference to a white mayor who was elected, which they would never have been so gushing about a black mayor. Mm-hmm. And those are things that we've got to start correcting ourselves. So mm-hmm. I hope this is the beginning of this sort of conversation because there's a long way to go to create that kind of unity of purpose, the, the level of education, not formal education, education about these institutions, about which I'm really proud of. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to be anywhere else in the world.
0: You know what, Dr. Sutliff, I think that, uh, you know, we have to take the criticism when it comes and you're making an incredibly valid point. And I will say to you that um, I'll be giving you a call and we'll, we'll see how best Wonderful. we can we can take this forward because there is a real hunger. For people to understand these processes better, but um, again, you talk about councillors being expected to do everything. Journalists are expected to know everything, and the reality uh, no, is that we I don't. <laughs> so I'm happy to design and run
1: for free a course for journalists about what I know of local government. Yeah, I'm very th- happy
0: to,
1: to work with you, but all the best and good luck, and keep up your good work.
0: All right, sure. Thank you so Take much, care, uh, Dr. Setluf. There, uh, he is the uh, currently the director of City Inside. And it's an important point that he's making. I think we are all on a journey of learning and discovery, and it's going to make us a better country. We are going to be the better for it in five years' time, in 10 years' time, because we'll ensure through all of these processes that our country functions better and that we are able to produce and contribute to the South Africa of our collective dreams of our shared value system.